Hey guys, before we get started, this episode of Beer and Other Shit, the podcast is brought to you by High Season Co., a social media agency with over a decade of marketing experience who are crafting the way brands are perceived online. These guys aren't just marketers, they're liquid enthusiasts, craft beer nerds, hip-hop heads, and Gary Vee disciples. So is your social media looking tired? Are you having trouble getting to your customers? High Season can make it happen. Check them out, highseasonco.com. That's highseasonco.com. Now let's drink some beers. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead. Welcome to episode 143 of Beer and Other Shit, the podcast. This afternoon, we are at L'Espace Public here in Oshilaga, and we're doing something a little different, something we wish we didn't have to do. Uh, as you can tell by the title, we are celebrating the life of Christopher Needleman, who is a uh, he was the head brewer at uh, Saint Blanc here in Montreal, who tragically passed away about three weeks ago, I want to say, uh, in a car accident. So. Um, I'm here with Simon Livingston at uh, La Spas. You guys might remember him from uh, episode 71 or 72. Like, you know, like, I don't know. Like, like I don't know. Um, and the reason we're doing it here with Simon um, kindly let us use his space because the beer that we are drinking, which is the Honor Benry. Honor Benry. Uh, Honor Benry, which is the final beer, at least final collaborative beer that Chris did. Period. As far as I know, it was the final pro beer that professional beer that he did. Put in the fermenter. And this was a like it was a collab with Chris and not Samuel Blanc, so it's even more kind of like personal. Correct. And he was telling me about that too, actually, the the, the launch uh, about a week after the brew day. Uh, yeah, I think he was telling me about. No, the brew day was um, maybe he hadn't even had the brew day when we were talking. Okay. Um, so. I want to just lead with my story, how I found out. I actually never met Chris. Uh, I connected with him. I reached out to Saint Blonde. I think it was May fourth. First, let's like put one up for him. Yeah, put one up. Cheers, man. And cheers. cheers. This is Chris's beer. We have Chris's beer on the table too. That'll be the whole time. This beer is. Um, do you want to, actually do you want to, before I even tell my story? Do you want to tell about the beer? Sure, sure. Chris, um, so Chris won this homebrew comp last summer. Likely last summer. So he was a professional brewer still entering uh, homebrew contests because he was with the Montrealers. Right? So exactly. I mean, I imagine we'll hear lots of other stories today about Chris's implication in the scene. He was wholeheartedly like put himself in the scene, um, including being recently elected president of the Montrealers, which is uh, right. Montreal's largest, most professional homebrew club. So know? he replaced Drew. Correct. Oh, nice. I, I think so. Drew has also been the president, and I think is now, again, the interim president. I could be mistaken, but I okay. think that's the case. Gotcha. You'll hear from Mike, the secretary, a little bit later, and I imagine he will clarify those points. I'm not a member. <laughs> no, just so you know. Anyways, um, he won this comp, and then the prize for winning the comp was either you got to brew at saint Blanc, <laughs> Les Bosses Public, or uh, Sutton Brewery. Right. So since he was already the head brewer at Saint Sebastian, he's not going to collab with himself. <laughs> and Chris, how long are you guys going to be here? Um, if you have to jet off. Well, it's because his uh, partner, she's right now with uh, someone else, and okay. she may come. Or it's going to take like twenty-five minutes. Oh or yeah, so. yeah, we'll be together. We'll oh, you know, we'll be there. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Okay, okay I'll let's better. Yeah. All right, wicked. Thanks, man. That was Chris's dad. He's uh, going to be uh, having a chat today. Super kindly came down to uh, to talk to us. And I think he was talking with Beth, his Chris partner. Right. So she's going to come down too. Seems All like right. That. Okay. Cool. Um, 
so he so, won the contest and he chose the spots because you guys had a relationship anyway, right? He chose the spots because, yeah, we were already homies. Um, but Chris is like, he likes, she definitely likes to do shit his own way. Right. So we actually got like slapped on the wrist by the comp organizers because Chris was like, well, whatever, we'll just do a collab, bro. Like, I guess the idea it was to rebrew the beer that you won with, right? Okay. And Chris was like, fuck that. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna do whatever we want. <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool, man, whatever. Yeah. And then a little bit later on, the organizers found out that we were bucking the trend, what we were supposed to do. And they're right. like, yo, what are you guys doing? And I was like, oh, I don't know, man, talk to Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Ratted on him. Whoa. Savage. I, I threw him under the bus for sure. <laughs> I'm sure he probably didn't care. He's the president. I think that neither one of us really care. Yeah, no. I mean, our, I think that a passionate dude like him and, and, you know, we just wanted to make the best product we could make. Right. So Chris had been fucking with this double pitch of lacto and Quebec uh, yeast because both of them ferment real hot. Right. Like upwards of 40 degrees centigrade. So I was like, oh yeah, yeah, sounds cool. So we'll test it out. And I've recently been into this Berliner rice thing. So you brew like a low ABV sour beer with 50% rice adjunct. Huh. Um, which a, a thing I learned from Isael at Schwalblanc, credit right. where credit's due. Respect. I don't know where he learned it from or if he made it up Jerome? or whatever. Oh, oh, the brewer. Is that right? Isael. Anyways, so we did that. Um, we didn't really have any other plans other than that, and we said we're going to do this half rice. I think it was half Golden Promise or half pills. I don't remember what the baseball was. Mike has it written down. I also have it written down. It's in there somewhere. I'm not prepared for this interview. <laughs> Anyways, um, and then like I said, I had like kind of forgotten to do a dry hops. We didn't want to hop the wart to mess with the lacto. Hmm. Anyways, then I hit up homie to like find some fruit. Like, okay, what could be interesting? And we had guava and mango were, were available at that time. And Chris just said, let's go both, double down. Love it. He said, sounds dope. So we transferred the beer, once it was done fermenting, onto the fruits. But like I said, we forgot, I forgot to put in some hops. But, I mean, like, I don't even know what it would have brought to it. Probably just a bit more tropical vibe. A little bit more, a little bit different tropical vibe, right? And like a little bit of bitter, bitterness and grassiness and whatever. But I think the beer is really cool, like this. Yeah, it's super easy. Yeah. super light, delicious, fruity, funky, tart. So, so that was that. So we did the beer, and then the day, the day before he died, and the day of he died, the day he died, we were like thinking about a name, and he like had these ideas but a lot of the names he chose were in English. So I was like, most of the names we tend to choose for our beers are in French. Um, so we like started playing around with, what's a, a play on words for rice? So he chose on a bain which means we laughed, we had a good time, but literally. Oh, riz, like laugh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it's a play on words, yeah, it's not spelled yeah, yeah. exactly the same, but. Yeah, oh man, we laughed. You know? That's sick. So like, that's the name of homie's beer, and then he dies the same day. You know what I mean? That's so crazy. So it's like definitely some heartstrings biz. When we launched the beer the next week, Chris's family was here for the launch, and like, the name of the beer is we had we had a time. You know, it's kind of like the most bittersweet shit of all time. For real. Like it's actually crazy. 
I, I couldn't even imagine what it's like. We're just saying like, and when you told me that the whole family was here on that day, on the on the launch and like talking to everybody and well, they're like, amazing I, and that's, I, I couldn't imagine losing your child and like, you know so, he's in his thirties right so it's not a child child but you know you shouldn't be burying your kid ideally not ideally not you know no. and for that level of strength to be able to come in here talk to his friends and colleagues and drink his beer and just be like hey man like I don't know it's kind of uh, it just feels overwhelming I don't know how they do it it's been really a celebration like I'm saying a celebration of, of Chris of who he was about his passions and um, I'm really happy to have been a part of it yeah man it's very cool uh, it, it was such a trip so the day that the, when I emailed I contacted St. Because I want to, I'm running out of Montreal Barista interview without getting a car, and they gave me Chris's email. Reached out to him. We went back and forth. Uh, you know, like I said, about a dozen times. He seemed super cool. Told me about the beer here. I was telling him about the Vienna Vacant stuff because his launch was the day after the show. The one that was the one that you were at uh, Kita Brew. June eighth. Yeah. June eighth. So we were talking like that. I was like, cool. We set up a date. I think it was like June fifth, if I'm not mistaken. Was the day I was. It was he passed on the Thursday, and I was supposed to meet him on the Wednesday afterwards. Correct. So I didn't speak to him. I think it was May twenty second. So if it was about two weeks ish from the date that I was supposed to meet him, and I normally follow up the day before to be like, like I did yesterday with you and Drew. Like, hey guys, we good for three p.m. Yeah, yeah. Just I don't know. People come up. People forget. I forget shit. Like just to check. And for some reason, I didn't do that. I did it with, I interviewed Sean and Renault at uh, Avant Garde two days beforehand. I checked with them, but I didn't check with Chris. Don't know why. Rocked up, Tiff and I rocked up. That day it was like we walked because we did the one at Little Italy and we're in Milan, so we walked up and it was like kind of spitting, raining. We were so busy and tired and we're just complaining the whole way there. <laughs> then we rocked up and we walk in and we're like, oh, hey man, is it looking for Chris? And he kind of like looked at us weird. Like uh, Chris, uh, the brewer here for a podcast. He's like, oh, Chris isn't here anymore. And we're like, and my first thought was, man, did this guy get fired and they didn't tell me? Which or they quit, which could happen. And that was my very first thought. And then he was, he started to look like so sort of sad and kind of like awkward. He was like, Chris had a car accident and he died. And, like, oh. and I was like, I had that, you know, whole feeling like, you know, we've been through that shit before when someone tells you, like my, my mom called me to say my dad died. It wasn't that bad, of course, but it was like, I don't know, it just kind of went numb because I never rocked up somewhere to meet someone. But oh yeah, sorry, they, they passed. Like that is, it was the craziest feeling and even Tiff was impacted she didn't have nothing to do with it as well and we just decided we we're like well okay I, I felt bad because I probably made that dude sad by bringing it up again that's what happened if you're going through it every time someone else sees you who hasn't seen you since it happened they want to talk about their feelings and then it keeps bringing it up and refreshing and you're trying to work for your own shit and then someone else is all blabbing and sad then it's like it doesn't help the grieving process I don't think and uh, so we kind of felt bad. We were like, you know, let's just stay, drink a couple of his beers. He was like, yeah, these are all his recipes. Like, he brewed these batches. So, had some food, had some of his beers, and kind of left. And I was like, it didn't feel right to me to. I didn't think of this straight away. But I was like, I don't know, it kind of felt weird to just replace the episode. And because I had luckily a bit of a gap in time, like uh, it was a couple of weeks ago from that, and we were able to pull this together, and you uh, so kindly let us use the space and got his uh, a couple of colleagues, you said, some colleagues in the chat and some family that we have here. Like some of these people are his colleagues, I think. Correct. Yeah. There's some Montrealers here Montreal. and there's his family's here. Okay. Which is sort of like, because look, basically, even if it was just, I said, like, as long as this episode goes towards talking about him, I was like, I don't really mind what it is. I don't expect anyone to come and do it. It was more like if people wanted to, and I guess there's a bunch of people here who, um, 
want to have a chat, which is super, super cool of them uh, to go through. Um, so, yeah, is there any other stories or anything you think that's kind of interesting from your side about Chris? Or like, I mean, you know, me and Chris hung out. Say about him? I was always at beer stuff. We always had a good time, except for the first time we met. We definitely were like two passionate dudes who were like sizing each other up. Like, yeah, that sucks. But other than that, we fucking laughed. We yeah. always had a good time. And, and, and Chris was a super passionate dude, intelligent dude, yeah. who knew, was driven, knew what he wanted, and, and went out there to get it. Um, the only other thing I will say was like, and he said it at his funeral, and you kind of felt this way, and I think you alluded to it just now. You guys walked up, it was raining, drizzling, not a nice day, and then it just puts into perspective, you know? Such perspective. And we were so far, <laughs> much further removed. Y- YOLO or whatever. Yeah, well, you know, Carpe diem. <laughs> right. I think uh, what, what, what it said, they, they were handing out cards at his funeral, was like, live for today, because tomorrow may never come, so. That's I mean, real. That's, that is really real. It does not really get any real in that. And I, I, that's sometimes, you don't know if we need it as humans that are dealing with things in real life and, you know, you, you get bogged down the details and you're like, fuck, this isn't working and I'm tired, I'm exhausted, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden that, I'm like, oh shit, like, we're breathing, we're here, we're, we have a roof, we have food, like, shut up. And I think that's our first world problem. We got love. And we got love. <laughs> and that's the most important commodity. No so doubt, man. No and doubt. And like, I don't know, the, the way that I've seen the, the, the people in the beer community respond, even like I wrote that story on, on Facebook, just to share it, not, like, not from like, people kept saying sorry to me. I was like, I thought I made it pretty clear. I'm like, I didn't meet the guy, guys. Like I was, I had a dealing with, I was looking forward to it. It was just such an, it impacted me so strongly. I wanted to just say it. And the, the pouring of people who had such nice things to say was like, like, yo, that's, I mean, isn't that the legacy you kind of want? Like if you leave, and then of course he lives on. I mean, is that the most beautiful shit in the world? That like, even if he's, once his batches are done, his recipes live on. The recipes live We're gonna brew it again for sure. I mean, yeah. I definitely have the a half a mind to put it in cans and, and do that. That's for sick. Chris next yeah, year man. or whatever, but. I love that. Well, let's go. Let's get on to some more stories, yeah. man. I think fam's here, his friends are here. Let's, let's get everybody yeah. talking. Yeah, mind grabbing the, um, Not at all. the parents. I'll keep people entertained in the meantime. Right on, Thank baby. you, Simon, you're a legend. Cheers, Appreciate Chris. you. Cheers, Chris. Cheers, Cheers brother. Be the man, cheers, Chris. Yeah, guys. So yeah, it was. I'm not sure if it was Simon or Drew Stevens who we alluded to before. It was the uh, old president of uh, the Montrealers, and he also runs uh, owns Kanawaki Brewery, which who we interviewed um, last year. Um, I think Simon and Drew probably told a bunch of people uh, about this, um, and we just sort of wanted to give people just the floor essentially, and just be like, hey, you know, let's just use this episode to honor the memory and uh, you know, tell some stories make it uh, a good time and um, so uh, his parents have kindly I, I sort of can't believe that they, they could even do that like I was saying like it's it's so crazy to me that you're able to do that after you, you're going through something like this so uh, so much respect for them for even wanting to do that and you know uh, having a chat telling some stories from like a perspective that uh, you probably wouldn't normally get we don't get to we've never had anything like this before in 140 odd episodes and we've never dealt with anyone's family directly um so you know something different in um every aspect of the the word it's i'm hoping they're all comfortable i tried to keep it nice and chill for them so that it's uh you know simple straightforward um you know, they were able to just sort of like to talk without having any sort of pressure or uh, anything else. 
So, um, yeah, the beer is great. What do you think of the beer, Rich? We are Rich here. Shouts to Rich. Rich, oh, Rich Crush is like, it's gone. Yeah, super light. Super fresh. I don't think I've really ever had like a sour without hops before. And you know, I think about it because usually everything's a dry hop sour, like Jelly King and like even all the sours that the spice do. Yeah, it's almost like a strong juice. Strong juice. doesn't have like that beer Yeah, it's got the carbonation. So I wonder if like the hops itself mentally contribute to that, like beer flavor or something that makes it feel that way. Because you you had the um, Beata Vacance, the yeah. creamsicle giant. See, that was like, that still tasted like beer, even yeah. though, because I guess I had the dry hop there. So I wonder if that is the difference. Like, this is almost like a kombucha. Huh. Kind of thing. Yeah, it definitely has kind of got that kombucha, like that, but it's like a creamier vibe. kombucha. Yeah. Because it's got the creaminess that uh, kombucha is just super sharp. Hello, sir. Welcome, man. Take a seat. You sit here? In. Yeah. Jump in. Pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you, too. What was your name again? Paul. 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 Craig. Pleasure, Craig. man. Um, this is Chris's beer for him there. So, cheers. Cheers. And uh, look, man, thank you so much for uh, coming and uh, having the chat. No problem. No problem. Um, yeah, so you are Chris's father. Um, yes. How did, how did, was Chris always into beer? What was his... Um... Uh, Chris was not originally... Uh, into beer okay. he loved to party <laughs> I know that that goes back to his college days he went to John Abbott College out in the West Island okay. so he loved to party a lot I didn't see anything as far as uh, his interest in beer um, up until a few years ago when he finally exposed to me the fact that he had been brewing at home right oh, so he didn't yeah. even so once he got over. his house he sort of like said that's it I'm going to start you know brewing away right and uh, and then one one time I was I was in the south I was in the Caribbean so we have a home there nice. in Aruba and he sends me an email he says Dad can you help me out with um, a CV because he knew that I was good with framing these kind of things and I would critique them so it would be the best possible thing right so I said to him okay no problem and. At that time, he had also said, well, I'm interested in, in this brewery that's somewhere in Ontario. Okay. Specific, I don't remember exactly. It could have been a town like Shaw or something like this. So I said, okay. And I looked it up and I said, oh, kind of cool, but it's like out there in the countryside, you know? Right. But a lot of these places now, yeah, as yeah, I discovered, yeah. <laughs> are out there in the countryside. So many. Yeah. So uh, I said, okay. I helped him fix it up. I figured, okay, he's going to give it a shot. At that particular time... He was working uh, at the Bank of Montreal, BMO. Okay, so and, career yeah, switch. That's it. So he was doing this finance thing, you know, uh, mortgage lending, whatever. So he was handling money. He knew how to handle that well. And uh, it was just like a switch thing. And he says, you know, I, I want to try for this. So then three weeks passed. And all of a sudden, he, I said, he says to me, I got a new job. I said, oh, that place out in Ontario. He says, no, no, no. Toi Brasseur. I said, Toi Brasseur? He says, yeah, it's a company from France, and, and they've set up an operation here, franchises, etc. And I decided I want to work in the restaurants and, you know, be a brewer. Right. I said, all right. So naturally, as a parent, you're thinking about what about the finance, all that kind of stuff. You, know, right. you do have a house. And he didn't seem concerned about that, which is typical of my son. He just right. said, I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll just get the experience. And that was it. So, right. And I visited him at the location. He was... Uh, 
he was essentially at their their main operation was in uh, Marche Central. I heard about that's the production facility. Yeah, yeah that's the production facility. Right, right, right. So he was there as the um, logistics. Right. But his number one thing, and this is where you get a little taste of Christopher here, he said when he signed his contract to uh, be a logistics manager, he said, but I have to be able to be taught to brew right. at that level also. So that was like a stipulation that he made. But, <laughs> I just laughed. I said, <laughs> really? I said, that was your stipulation, your contract? He says, yeah, I wanted them to make sure that I knew. And he picked it up very, very quickly as far as how their operation and then tweak things and change things and made things more efficient. Right. So when I showed up one time at the Brossard location, which he was subbing in at that time and then became that particular location, the Brewmaster. Oh, South Shore, yeah, yeah. 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 Because the gentleman that was there, I believe it was Jules, was there. Okay. Uh, Jules Dubuc was there and he left and Christopher took over the spot and he sort of like made changes and he explained to me everything and that I saw the passion. Right. That's that when I first nice. really saw somebody who was like, okay, this is a switch from doing the bank job or just talk about customers and you know, same, yeah. yeah, some were a pain in the ass, some weren't, but he always was nice to them, you know. Right, right. And it wasn't his first job. His his first job was it was in customer service with Nordia. But it was the idea was he was kept transitioning all the time for me. So, yeah, so when I saw him at the brewery, then I realized, okay, he really, really likes what he's doing. Right. You know, explaining everything. And he would do, the sign of anybody at their job is that if they're doing their job in a, in a nine to five type schedule, then they're ready to leave. He never was ready to leave. He would say to, to me, I'm going in on the weekend because I want to be on the floor and talk to the people and give them a little tour. Right. And, you know, get them involved in what it is. You're basically creating loyalty, not only of the brand, but also, I like that location. I want to come to that place and I'll tell my friends about it. Right, because you want to talk to that, that friendly guy who takes you around. That's and it. Makes that's you it. feel welcome. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Okay. So he was doing that. He was doing little tours of customers and come up. And it really wasn't a requirement per se, but he wanted to do that. Right. He wanted to bring people in. That's cool. So, yeah, that, w that was cool. And more of the experimentation that you hear about, including at the location we're currently at, especially with me, is um, something that he was doing at home, that he was experimenting from the time that he started to work at Trois Brasseurs. And he said, you know, there's this frozen raspberry uh, like puree. sorbet that they use puree yeah. and he says I'm trying that with beers and, and experimenting and I see him with this big pot at the stove you know set <laughs> up and everything and I'm helping with the hoses and all that so I didn't get to brew often enough with him but when I did it was like this it's guy is really right? winging it but nice. he's getting the product that he wants so he could share with his friends at the right, time, right. You know? so I thought that was you know from a dad's point of view we're obviously very proud yeah, of what he was doing that he really hooked into to doing something that he really liked. That's sick. And uh, then he had the opportunity to work at uh, Saint Hublot. And when he came into Saint Hublot, it was again through the friend connection that they recommended him. And he came in there, and his attitude towards the place at first was, you know, I want to help them really succeed. Right. They had a numerous, a couple locations going, yeah, two, or three, I think. two or three, and they were planning to open up another one. Hmm. So he likes the part of inclusion. He likes when somebody asks him about, like, hey, you what, know, like hey, what about this? Yeah. Yeah. What it's related to the beer aspect. Like, 
you know, how can we set these things up? And, you know, it was the Cotonej location specifically. Oh, another one. Yeah. That was the first one, I thought. Was that uh, No, was that was a newer one? location from what I understand. Right. So it was downtown here. The very in, one. In Montreal. Uh, yeah, it was the one. Yeah, yeah. So when he was there, he would describe to me, I mean, we're getting always things, uh, third hand conversation here, but he says, you know, he says, there it's it's like so difficult there's a lot of health issues i mean it's an older building all that kind of stuff and he would explain to him things like you need to drop he had instinctually understanding i need so much space for the taps to run upstairs you know so we need to dig out this area and you know save money here save money there so he's always for the business and for the company right as long as you were listening but he had a sixth sense much like myself right and when you're not listening he gets tired he had reached the glass ceiling type right. of thing and I'd say he's also something I never realized in him he's very protective of his staff okay and that's how he was going into his you know final few days working there right. is that he was protective of staff that he, he had to make them understand that we're making craft beer for the restaurant right and we love to do it, we love to experiment, and he re reassembled that entire plant that they have from point A to point B, right. and worked out all the logistics as far as cost is concerned, and computerized it. It was all on scraps of paper, originally everybody's really? working. Yeah, on paper, he said, he said, that stunned me, you know, and how a company can work like that, yeah. a little piece of paper that you can't even read the guy's writing. So he had that IT background also, right. besides finance, that he put that all into the into the business. Right. I mean, if I ask, and hopefully Beth shows up, uh, his partner, his brother, yep. you know, uh, and mother of his two kids, two loving grandchildren that I have, is that uh, she she told me in the past year he was barely home. Yeah, he was basically what? putting 120% into that place because right. he wanted to let them know this is uh, something I really love to do and the passion was there. Yeah. So that's how it was up until uh, the unfortunate uh, accident that he had. That's, uh, that, I mean, that's a beautiful thing to hear, right? That, that as family, you're able to see that sort of passion. That, you know, a lot of people don't even get to live that passion. He's before, I'm sure he had aspirations of, of owning his own... Um, well, that aspect does come into play in the past uh, short while. Everything falls into its own little puzzle, which, by the way, he was a, a puzzle whiz. Yeah. He loved to put puzzles together, large puzzles. But this part of the puzzle is, for him, he comes running to me when he needs me. There's no, like, you know, BS with him. He was just straight and say, Dad, can you tell me about this? You know, what do you think about that? With his mom, his mom has a business background. Right. She ran a casino for 10 years oh, right. in the Caribbean. She was originally trained by Casino de Montréal here, you know, as a director assistant director in cash. So she understood money a lot. So he would just like, I need my mom's advice, and he wanted a business plan from her and a formulation of what I could do to start my own. He says, I figure in about the next two or three months. Oh, really? So he was, yeah. like, he was ready to, to go. To actually get him moving and get the financing Getting to moving. Stuff. Did he have a plan? He was going to be getting that plan together. It was during the past couple of weeks. Wow. So it was like, oh, So gosh. yeah. So that part is there. I mean, I'm grabbing information from different people. Of course, right, yeah. And I also was talking to one of his friends. I believe it was Mike Brown, as a matter of fact. Yeah, like is, yeah. yeah. And uh, as part of the Montrealers. Okay. Uh, he's the treasurer. 
And he right. said to me just like 24 hours ago, he said, oh yeah, by the way, I had hooked them up with my real estate agent. So they were looking around for places already. He had seen a few places, just preliminary to look. So the moment that he was leaving Saint Blanc, he was already involved, not only in thinking about creating his own place, he had already multiple offers from different people, not just talk. Right. Like Chris, which I don't like to call him, I like to call him Christopher, but right. in this particular instance, they say, Chris, I need you. Right. Can you come help me? Because we're going to be opening or expanding our brewery into a bigger location, and I need your expertise. And so Christopher, of course, always, again, looking out for the next guy, said to him, what about your own brewer? So the guy, he, they, they just made me laugh. The way he said, the guy's reaction was, eh. <laughs> like he yeah, wasn't up know. to the par that right, I need right. for somebody to open and expand my brewery. And <laughs> the other solid opportunity that I was there within 48 hours, basically, of, of uh, saying bye-bye to saying no, was uh, a gentleman had said to me, can you come do some IT work for me? And he said, you know what? I'd rather get equipment from you as pay than anything else. I want to set up a whole system in my garage area and do testing for different recipes because I don't want to fall flat. I want to be able to come to market with product that's good, such as the one I'm drinking right now. Yes, you know? which is the uh, the uh, Benri, the uh, 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 rice, yeah. Berliner rice, mango that's and right. guava. That's do you right. enjoy this uh, style? I do, this is I do. That you're into? Yeah, and believe it or not, with his mom, who is not much of a beer drinker, she, she actually it. loves it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, we're just actually saying well, uh, yeah. just while Simon was going to grab you, it's kind of almost taste because it hasn't been hot. It kind of almost tastes like a like a fizzy juice or like a kombucha more than like the average That's right. beer. That's Something right. Completely different. So they thought of it on the fly. They created it, and the name came to him just like that. Sick. Yeah. Simon just explained what it meant. Yeah. I'm gonna unfortunately my French is terrible. Yeah. But I think when they said that really summarized. Yeah. Who Chris was, and that you know, all they do is laugh together anyway, and that's you know what, what the name means. It's a beautiful kind of bittersweet uh, thing, but at least like, d- does it give you comfort that he lives on through this? You can come to a place and you can you can sit there and you can just watch strangers drink your son's beer and they don't yeah. even know it. I mean, is that I know it's small comfort, but is that something? That- it is something. Again, it's the puzzle idea. It's a piece of the puzzle. It gets me to know that. Christopher, he created a product that's viable on the market, that people enjoy it, Mm -hmm. that he was looking to create other uh, similar beers through experimentation. He was never afraid. Basically comfortable in his own skin to do anything. Yeah, for some people would maybe get them upset at times, like he was just so, I want to do it my way type of thing. Right, right. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But it does give me comfort to know that there is a product on the market that he was involved in. And that uh, people will drink it and say, oh, that's different. That's unusual. Right. You know. And I guess all on top of this beer, I mean, all of the same in beers, when we arrived to meet him and found out, we stayed to drink the beer. And the gentleman who was there was like, they're all his recipes. He brewed all these beers. I'm like, well... Yes. Of course, and that was fantastic. And there's, there was like 24 or something like that. Yes. 
So, I mean, that's even deeper that, that, that they're all, I don't know how many of them are his recipes. I would assume that they're a significant portion or at the very least he's tweaked every single one of them. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, uh, it's just an interesting, we, my girlfriend and I were, like I said, we didn't meet Chris. I already corresponded by email, but it, it affected us in a very a way I hadn't experienced before. Just because you never expect to turn up somewhere to meet someone and then be told that. And it was, we were just sort of thinking like, it is a beautiful thing that, that this kind of lives on because not everyone gets that as well. Not only do people not get to live their passions, but they don't always leave something behind that's consumable and that is right. repeatable. That even if his hands didn't make that batch, right. his thinking and thought process is there, so therefore it just continues. It's, right. a, it's a strange. Uh, I mean, this character, I mean, I heard some stories about uh, some people wanted to know about brewing. And he said, you know what, I don't want to disturb my brewing schedule, but we can meet at the brewery. I mean, he, he is controlling the brewery at the time. As long as he produced product for the company, there was no problem. He says, we'll bring the appropriate items to brew. And he brewed at 3 a.m. in the morning wow. with these people. That he went out of his way to say, any, I don't want anything. Right. We're just, I'm teaching you how to brew, and it affected them so much. I mean, now as I think of it, obviously you see the tears in my eyes. Yeah, yeah. But it affected them so much. That's he went beautiful. out of his way to say, hey, you guys want to learn? I'm willing to teach you. So it had a, quite an impact on those people, and that's what I'm discovering. It had an impact on a lot, a lot of people. And how, did, how does that make you feel? Oh, it makes me feel proud, obviously. My son didn't reach his potential. He, no. He's supposed to have the business for the next, you know, 25 years, you know, that I can see it, and yeah. then longer, of course, but I won't be able to see that. But that was the potential that I saw, that he was he was going to make a real solid mark in this industry, and not in a way that would, people would get upset about it. They'd say, I want to be like him. Right. You know, like he's really good. Let's go to his place. Right. That kind of thing. That I won't get to experience, which is unfortunate. That's what upsets us, probably, as far as yeah. that's concerned. That lack of potential. I mean, as well, no, no parent should ever have to go yeah. through what you guys are going through. Well, this is it, you know. So we're trying to balance it out and and, ex and explain it to ourselves. How does these things happen? But there's no explanation for that. I mean, no. the other aspect is, I mean, people know him just as a craft brewer in, in a lot of this industry. That's what you guys are about. But, you know, he grew up in an environment that we tried to create for him to, you know, look beyond his horizons. And that's why he's able to do these things in such a comfort zone. I mean, obviously, as an Anglified person, we speak English, but uh, he picked up French very, very quickly. It's like a second nature, so there's no insult on anybody's side to comfortably go back and forth in French and English. I love that. But he also has a background of Greek. Nice. So he okay. went to Greek school for many years here. He also had this stint in Greece right. as a young kid. So that we did a couple of years there. So he has, you know, three linguistic abilities that he had. And he was always, you know, looking at things on that nature that, okay, I understand, I understand a language, another language that he can relate to people, right. that disarms people, you know. It's the same thing as talking about IT as another language. He really understood all that kind of stuff that people fumble around with. Right. Building computers for both himself and his brother uh, became second nature right. to put things together the way they wanted to do it. So don't even ask him about Best Buy and long, long ago Future Shop. <laughs> not happening. No, not happening. Like, no, 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 they no. just outgrew that stuff. Right. So all that stuff comes to play when it comes to the beer industry mm. is the languages, the gaming that went on. Yes, the atmosphere of socialization, parties, whatever. 
and just being himself. Right. Like I guess so. testing and like trying new things and yes. like failing, trying yes. again, failing, trying Absolutely. again. Absolutely. Yeah, I could I could read him not like a book, but I could read him to say, okay, he's gonna go through with that. And when he did, and this is what I'm getting not only from his partner Beth, is that from other people, is that when he wanted something and did something, he would learn it completely. Right. So that it became not the expert, but be able to talk to someone and understand how it works, how to build a deck, how to make this, how to make that. He would you know shift gears. Yeah. 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 So that was his challenge to me because I'm used to doing those kind of things. Right. So he wanted to, I guess, make me proud right. that he knew what he was doing. And That's I said, you've, you've succeeded. There's no issues with that. You don't have to be perfect. And, and that's part of what it is. It doesn't have to be a perfect beer. No. It can be like this, and if Every everybody's brewer's. enjoying it. Yeah, and it's whatever. That's that's the cool thing. I've never met a brewer who's happy with their beer. They're always <laughs> like, yeah, but the next one I'm going to do this, like yeah. every single tweet, time. Tweet, 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 tweet. I don't recall out yeah. of all these episodes I've ever heard anyone saying, yeah, yeah this is perfect. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Just, he, he did a lot of traveling, uh, especially in the Northeast. Okay. And he, where he wanted to go, it was MapQuest, yes, we're going to go to a location, but we're also going to find breweries. Right. So he would always go in a brewery. And even his mom down in Aruba, we we asked him, come on down, come on down. He would always say, oh, I'm busy, I have to this, that. He'd get time off. He came down, he says, okay, Where you know, the where's the brewery, you know? <laughs> and he did make a connection with a brewer down there who had just opened on the island, uh, wanted to help him out with brewing and give him tips and he spent a couple days with him you know helping him out and we saw his place of operations near a holiday inn that he was doing we did super bowl at a, a place called craft beer which to me was mostly just ordering i mean he tried the beers from the west right. of america okay and he was like oh this is an interesting ipa and that i had tried them already i'd been in the west quite often so it was it was interesting yeah, yeah. to see his look on his so, face oh, okay. like yeah. something he had, i had tried but he had yeah, yeah, yeah. so he was trying all those kind of brews uh, yeah, so he, he liked uh, experimentation in that sense, okay. always getting around and communicating with everyone right. in the point that, you know, he wouldn't just want to go to a place, drink and leave. He wanted to get to know the guy who was behind it. Right. And then that next layer was, let me show you your operation. Right. Just like looking at the one downstairs, knowing he was there, he looked at that operation and, and would tweak. Right, you know, like analyze it, being figuring yeah. it out. Like this what, what. Yeah. Okay, oh, you're doing it that way now. Okay, I see. Yeah, right. So, so I yeah, at that level, I mean, to me, it was for me now. I'm going to look back on things as it was the tip of the iceberg. His knowledge base was beyond what I would ever understand at this point. Hmm. As his dad, knowing about beer and knowing about certain things, he definitely. Uh, he was up there. Right. And when I talked to his friends, and Mike and Tara, or one of his close friends, is that they say, oh my God, you know, he really knew his thing. And I said, you guys are talking a language I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> it gets know? pretty nerdy. I yeah, but he knew. He knew yeah, by he taste. Up. He knew by all these kind of things that it was impressive for me. So it's amazing. It's a very unhappy situation for me that I wanted to see both my sons succeed. One of them is not here. He's uh, he's doing a tour in Iraq right now. I heard, yes. yeah. He, he had to come back and then right. he left no, again. Was... He's now back there for a few days. Right. Uh, but he's in Baghdad, yeah. That's, uh, they're doing duties there as an officer. How did he um, cope being away and then hearing that sort of news? Unfortunately, I had to tell him, just like I tell his mom long distance, by telling him, are you sitting down? And then telling him this is what has happened, something we never expected. Yeah. And then he had to make a release travel arrangements. They give they give what's called a, a 
like an emergency leave. Right. So that you know, something happens. Just like, something oh, happens. So he managed to get a flight and flew straight from there to here, so he could say goodbye to his brother. Right. And now he has to deal with that through talking with other people or with Padre apparently that they have there to right. try and work through any feelings that he has. He's a tough guy. He's a tough kid. He's just I as smart like his right, brother. So, yeah. You know, he has a. A critical thinking way of, about things. He, he's gone through university as a master's degree, you know, and so as an officer, he's also in charge of people, so he can't look, you know, oh, weak yeah. or whatever. So he takes care of a team down there, yeah. Right. Yeah. Cool guy. It's basically, a, if I were to describe it to you, he's like Secret Service. Okay. Uh, that they basically, the way you would think in a movie, Secret yeah, yeah. Service, where you have to set up, well, he coordinates with a few teams that they get the diplomats from point A to point B and from point B back to point A type of thing okay. uh, in a safe serious safe stuff. zone yeah right. serious stuff so he'll be doing that for the next six months right with a break in between but uh, yeah I mean yeah it's kind of one of those things where it's sort of like is it better to get right back into it or is it better to maybe be here and kind of yeah. like chill it's kind of like yeah well he spent two weeks he spent two weeks uh, recovering I asked him you feel okay to return the the army is good in that sense they want to make sure he's okay yeah, of course and he says if he needs more time he gets more time but he wanted he didn't want, want to lose he's similar to his brother once he gets online to do something he wanted to do it and he says I don't want to lose this deployment because I delayed too long so he says I got to go back and he did okay it's a pitch and long way there yeah <laughs> I sure. can imagine you're like 17 hours on a plane so you get to point that. A and then another two no, hours to actually I'm from get Australia, so like yeah, I had to do when yeah, like it's extremely full. Yeah, you're living on the plane. I had the same. My dad passed away, and they had, my mother called me here to tell me, and then yeah. we had to go back there. Yeah, it was a couple yeah, years yeah. ago it was the worst thing in the world, and like the being away, you know, and there's all the other things and regrets, like oh, like I, I, I should have been there, all that type of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I relate to his uh, situation. Yeah. It's, I could, but I, I also just say I, the strength that you guys have is just exceptional. Like. I don't know if I could do it. And, uh, like, man, I got so much. Well, I have my moments. Obviously, I have my moments. You know, if I see something, look, I'll give you a quick personal moment here. I have. Uh, I live up in Laval here, and I, I go and I've had a, a cabin, as they call it here, a shed. Americans okay. call it, yeah. or Australians too, maybe. You call yeah, it, shed. it like a, a place that you can put stuff that in the back, doesn't yeah. belong in the house. Yeah. The lawnmower yeah. and the tools and yeah. all that yeah. kind of stuff. Well, I have a pretty big one in there, and for years, years, years. <laughs> I've had his first bike sitting hooked up. Like a pushy pushback? It's just a, a two-wheeled, uh, what do they call it? Not a chopper bike. Oh, a mountain bike? No, not a mountain bike. It's just a small little simple bike for a kid. You know, okay. two wheels, the whole thing. I, I can't think of the name exactly. There's a certain type of it. Anyways, I've had it hung up there. It's in black. It's cool looking. It needs some repair or whatever. And the idea was to plan to give it to his kid. Right. You know, he's old enough, probably around five, six years old or so. So you see that and it just hits you right a sudden in the head. Yeah, I guess that's Like, the, whoa, that's, you know, first it was just like the bike and now it's like the, that bike represents what, what something. Means, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that are, so those are the moments that I'll, I'll uh, not be as, maybe as uh, conversational or as stoic as I am now. And uh, I've done that even through his, uh, his funeral that I was more getting to know who you are yeah. and where you come from how do you know my son because I was gonna, you're going to be having these conversations over and over and over and hearing all these stories from everybody which yeah. is probably a mix of yeah. like 
that's so cool over like uh, it's like a little much right now yeah. I assume well I look at it this way as a parent you only see so much of your child after the age of 18 sure they start they have their independence they're gonna do their thing and you know he's gonna have a certain relationship with his parents but then when you go on vacation let's say like we did with him to Smuggler's Notch and did the brewery tour also had cider tour too with one of his friends his friend Jim he's been around with is also a Montrealer okay on the club so I get to know him a little bit differently because of the way he interacts as far as from the beer side of things hmm. how you know I can see that he was leading right. others were following and they love to follow in his wake right. you know that kind of thing and you could see Jen was excited when he's around him. You could see the friends that are around him, surrounded. When I'm watching videotape of different things where they're launching a beer or opening a beer that's been for a while, I see the focal point. He's not trying to make himself like that. He's not putting himself up. Right. It's just that the whole focal point of the, the fun. surrounds him. Yeah, the energy is there, whether it's on France, in French or in English. Right. You know? So he had that sort of charismatic kind of personality that people drawing to you be in, around. Drawing you in, the impact. Warm, welcome. So, how do I relate to that recently? Because I'm jumping around here. Yes, I here is. I'm in the funeral procession, uh, the receiving line for my son. And I'm looking and I'm saying, holy, you know what? There is so many people here. I had no idea the impact that he had mm. from a parent point of view on so many kids. Isn't that the so many friends. Like, it's not how you should find out, but like that is one really telling thing about someone. You look around who's going to come to their funeral. I was stunningly proud. Yeah. People from every job they ever did were coming forth to say he had an impact. And then I get another group from the same company right. coming through and saying, he helped me here. He changed my life. He did this. He did that. It had nothing to do with Legal, beer. Yeah. And then there was the beer people, of that, course. Which probably would have been numerous as well. Yeah. That's so, crazy. Yeah. That's what it is. It's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. If there's anything you want, uh, h- how would you want people to remember Christopher? Like, if, uh, from your perspective, if there's something that you could say that, like, how would you want him to be remembered? How would I sum up my son? A few words. I know it's a large uh, ask. Yeah, I know. Large. As you're asking me, I'm searching to say, yeah. you know, this is someone that if you touch base with him in any way he can impact you in your life whether even if it's not in the beer industry he had an effect or would would have had an effect on you to maybe think a thing think about things in a different way okay to do different things and not be afraid to jump to leave because that's the new generation i mean obviously i'm a 61 year old guy uh, recently on May 30th the last day time I connected with my son and that was your birthday it was that my day? birthday yes oh, there you go yeah. we have That's some connection right there so on May 30th was the last time that I had a connection with was him. that the day that the accident happened as well yes so, so that's I basically had a connection with him at about, uh, to something in the afternoon he was he was doing work in the backyard, which relates to me because I do a lot of that stuff. So he's telling me what he did with a, you know, a dethatcher and cut some wood down that his friends later took, whatever. But he was cleaning up the backyard because he had some Montrealers coming over for a discussion, etc. So he could have a few brews and talk. And then there was supposed to be a party for his uh, both his kids at the same time because they're very close in the age of their birthday parties. 
the next day on the, on the fourth actually of right. uh, June was going to be a birthday party. So, right. So uh, same as this discussion should have been him looking you in the eye, and you would have realized the kind of guy yeah, that he had like grown I'd... to be in the industry, the knowledge base and everything. So remembering him. I mean, remember him as a guy that really wanted to do really well in this industry. He was uh, very proud of what he was doing. He loved absolutely to what he was doing. And, and uh, it would have been great to see him uh, impact others the way he did in the short time that he touched the brewing industry. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's definitely the worst off for it. And uh, look, I... Consistency and consultancy, man. Like your your strength is incredible. I, I appreciate you coming and talking, and uh, you know, I hope these words are you know pe- like his friends will he might not have got to speak to you and hear these stories. I hope this is sort of uh, you know something that that it helps people maybe move through it on their own grief yes. and stuff, and just you know spreading the word about who Christopher was in the industry. I appreciate you doing. There's nobody better to, to talk about it. So. Oh, sir, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you so much. Genuine pleasure meeting you. I appreciate it. Um, Did anyone else want to talk that you're aware of? Uh, I can ask. Yeah, my wife will try a few words and hold it together. Yeah, if if she's absolutely (laughs) no pressure for anybody, I'm just going to keep this kind of rolling. And anyone wants to come through, very good. Um, Okay, I'll ask them. Perfect. Thanks, man. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Appreciate Appreciate it. Cheers. Helps. Everything else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good chats. Uh, plan to come to Australia one day, so yeah, give me some oh, contact information. Oh, we'll swap before we go, and uh, I'll, I'll set you up with whatever you need out Excellent. there. It's a beautiful Thank stuff. You. Cheers, Paul. Good blow. Incredibly strong. Good. You know what? I'm just gonna stop this, and we'll start that. We'll be back shortly, guys. All right, all right, we are back. My name is Craig. What is your name? Amanda. Amanda? Yeah. Pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you um, what was your relationship with uh, Christopher? Uh, Christopher is uh, my older cousin. Older cousin? Yeah. Um, did you deal with him on the beer side at all? Or is that kind of like a separate um, Like a little bit because um, I'm 20 years old. So when I was getting like a little bit older, when I was born towards like the drinking age, so around like 16, 17, is like around the same time that he started uh, brewing beer. So like right. he'd always invite me and my sister over to try out the beer. And I love beer, honestly. Nice. <laughs> so every time I'm like, oh, it's I went perfect. to house parties <laughs> and had beer. He's like, oh, those so, suck. You know, like I'll show you real beer, <laughs> which is so funny. Probably the perfect uh, person to have around Yeah. Exactly. when you're uh, getting into beer. Mm-hmm. Um, how, like, do you have any stories or anything that sort of could, like, if people are listening to this, I just heard his father, Paul, uh, Chris's father, Paul, talk about sort of who he was and how he got, like, his actual, like, uh, history in, in how he got into beer and stuff like that. Do you have any stories from, like, a, because it's different, a father would have seen him in a different way than, like, a cousin, because it's kind of more like a friend. Yeah. Even though, how, how old? I'm 20. You're 20? How he old was 34. Chris? 34. So, like, I was not as close with him, but right. my sister was, and my sister's not here today. She's on vacation with my family right now, actually. Right. And, um... Switching it up. Beautiful. <laughs> That's Chris's beer. Oh, love that. <laughs> right, that's cool. Um, so I guess you kind of would have got close, like more closer to him as, like you said, like yeah, the last like, few years. I didn't see him as often, but um, since my family were the only girls on my dad's side of the family, which is Christopher, like it was all guys, and then me and my sisters were the only girls, so right. we really looked up to like all of our guy cousins as like our big brothers. Right. So I know Christopher was like always like a big brother figure to me, and I'm sure he was like that for my older sister as well. Okay. And. Uh, wow. 
I know she wanted me to say some things for her, so that's why I'm here. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's... So she wrote me something. Oh, she got that? Oh, that's sweet. So she wanted me to say for him that she cherished the bond that they shared and she will always carry him in her heart forever. And um, she's been going through like a lot right now with this whole situation. And uh, it she actually older? happened. She Your was, older sister or younger? Yeah, so she's, she just turned 26 like okay. two weeks ago. And uh, it was like a week after uh, he passed away. So it was very hard on everyone. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but she was very close with him and uh, he was there for her a lot when she moved out. And he showed her like, he just showed her so many things like how to cook and how to like advance in like school. And like he was always very positive and very supportive of everything. He, he always like had such a strong motive for like so many different things. Like you saw like he was very into so many different things, but whenever he was into one thing, he was very committed to it. You know, like right. he really stuck through it. But then if he got bored, he would like kind of give like, up yeah. and then like start something new. But right. like that was Christmas. He was very like everywhere like he loved everything you know he was, it was it was very nice he was very uh he was a big bright light like you know like he, he soaked up all the energy there when he walked in right that's what i keep hearing i didn't actually get to meet him but everyone keeps saying that he was sort of like that cent not center of attention in it but just charismatic yeah. and like that energy was drawing yeah. people in all the time he had a very he would draw people in like especially with his smile and everything it was just like you, you hear like I hear his laugh all the time, and I'm like, wow, like it's it's a comforting feeling, you know. Right. It was like a type of person that you you could just sit next to, and like you'll feel better, you know. Like it was like, it was a good vibe, you know. It's it's it makes it even worse, even harder to deal with. Like, it was just such a positive person that everybody seemed to like. I guess you probably don't realize how loved you are until something like this happens. And yeah. like Paul was saying that everything, you get look at the funeral and all these people, and like, wow. Like, you don't realize what impact that people have. Yeah, and that I think that's what was so beautiful. Like my aunt was saying, and um, she was saying how she felt like she didn't see him much, and like as as parents always say, like oh my kids are always out, you know. But it's like, but they're affecting other people's lives, and that's exactly what Christopher did. He yeah. he affected so many people's lives in such a positive, such a positive way, and it's helped my my aunt and uncle cope a lot more. Like not a hundred percent, but a lot more to see that he's helped so many people and he's left such an impact and that's exactly what Christopher did like he'd meet someone for 10 minutes and he'd leave an impact on their life and he would show them like and he would teach them so many new things and he was just like that kind of person you know? right like, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's kind of crazy it is cool that at least I get to hear those kind of stories though even if it's second hand and at least it's sort of coming in probably I'm sure for you too because you're probably meeting all his in these re yeah. recent few weeks I know did were you here for the launch for this beer I was yeah yeah so I heard like I was, I was sort of surprised at first that it's so soon but then the whole family are out here and, and just talking to everybody and being I mean I guess what are you going to do sit at home and wallow over or you yeah. could try and be positive and celebrate life versus I mean it's easier said than done it's easier said than exactly but but you're here in a way I find it so beautiful how I know he's laughing because he's, he literally brought us all together you know like you think your life is so busy you don't have time for family and things like this happen you make time for it because you have to make time for it you know and like yeah. he brought us all together and like i've gotten so much closer with my aunts and my uncles now and like even my cousins yeah. because of this and it's sad to say that this sort of situation has to happen but at the same time it's like it's a blessing because like you realize like your family is like that's your family like those are your people you know yeah. and you cherish the people that are like with you now and like that's that's what you that's what we that's have the to lesson. do that, you know?
it's a yeah. lesson. And I just, like, you appreciate life so much more because you never know when it's going to be taken away from you. Hundred percent. I guess sometimes you need that wake up call. We don't really, we don't want it, but I guess we need it. Yeah. Um, how would you? How would you like Chris to be remembered? Like, if you were to say to people who haven't met him or to maybe the people who are listening or watching who have, like, what would you say? He was an amazing person. He really. He was just so amazing. Like, he was so funny and so positive like all the time and it was always about like the beer and try this and try that and he would like I don't know if they told you but he used to be obsessed with like meats and like bacon and no. stuff like that and then yeah. he became vegan like all of a sudden <laughs> and like one day I went to his house and he was like I'm making cheeseburgers and like oh like I don't want cheese he's like it's not real cheese yeah. <laughs> I was like okay no okay. problem <laughs> like he was just so like funny with these like, things like it was just he was such a good person you know like like we need like we need more people like Christopher in life you know people with so much motive and so charismatic you know it's a great person yeah. amazing an amazing father amazing son cousin friend like it was it was honestly a, a blessing to have him in my life and, and everyone's life said everyone that's met him yeah. is, they're so lucky to have met him you know? and I wish you could have met yeah, him I know I'm I, I clearly the more I hear about it the more like I felt like I would have got along with him uh, really well just it's like it sucks when this happens it's this, this, well, we, you know, so young, young family as well, but just such like a, clearly a good guy that everybody wanted to be around. I'm sure at some point, even if it wasn't for that podcast, I would have connected with him wherever he was working on his own brewery, probably the same as well. And maybe he would have worked somewhere else in the meantime or whatever. But yeah, it, it really sounds like the, the, the world is definitely not better off without him in it. So I'm so sorry for your loss. Thank you so much for, uh, for having us. us. And thank oh. you for doing all of this. It's very nice. Genuine pleasure. I felt it's the only, it only made sense. It felt weird to, like I said, even though I didn't meet him, it just didn't feel right to to just reply. Yeah, whatever. We'll just go to the next one. I don't know. It just didn't feel right, but I knew it was a little difficult logistically to organize, but mm -hmm. I guess it worked out pretty well. You know, now, well, you guys, this is kind of helps us coping. I feel like talking about it really helps. And like my uncle, like, he really expresses how himself about it and, and it helps you so yeah. thank you for so that good. Oh, my pleasure at least there'll be a, a nice piece of forever digital thing that's yeah. sort of be this in one one thing you can listen to that will have all these stories in one and hopefully at least that's a small contribution to, to consolation so thank you again thank you again such a pleasure really nice you guys. likewise you. Um, whoever wants to come on just I'll send them on down yeah. thank you we're back Alright guys, so we are back. Uh, I'm Craig. I'm Tara. Tara, pleasure to meet you. I'm so, Mike. Mike, Craig, pleasure to meet you guys. Thank you so much for uh, coming and having a chat. Um, would you guys be able to introduce yourselves and uh, what you know, how you knew Chris and um, well, all that good stuff? Well, Tara and I were, were married till that's how we know each other. <laughs> Fair. But Chris, Chris, uh, I met him from the uh, beer club. You're so Montrealers? Yeah. We're both Montrealers. Montrealers. That's, oh, how, nice. that's how we met him. Okay. And I didn't really know him until I saw a lot of communications on our mailing list about electric control panels for your home brewery. Okay. Having an electrical engineering background, I was like, oh, I can help out. So I organized a get-together at Benelux and Verdun and just started chatting electric control panels with a bunch of people. And Chris and I were 
really just clicked and got to know each other and really wanted to make a panel. Right. And so for the next six months in my basement, we put that together right. one night at a time and that's how we met and friendship developed. And by in the last few months, he was at my place or our place. Pretty much once a week. Yeah. Sometimes more. Yeah. Like, usually be like either the Tuesday night or the Thursday, like, you know, come over, we'll have a couple beers or more. And if there's something on the weekend, he'd be there. And even like a day like this, you know, nice sunny day, hey, come over. You know, just, you know, come swim, come whatever. There's like a pretty much constant presence in our lives. Right. So I guess it would have impacted you guys probably in a, in a different way than the family, of course, but yeah. being that... Still quite a shock. It's, no, I can imagine. It's, it's, he, he became a really good friend in a very relatively short period of time. Right. We had known him for just over three years, I guess. Okay. Like we've been we've been talking to many of like the older friends from like CJEP and, and stuff, and you know they've known him at length, you know, 15, 20 years or so, and we're going... Compared to you guys, we barely know him, but it was such like it was a, such a short but a very intense friendship. Mm. Like you know, that's the person you go to like beer tours with. That's the person you go to Peche Day with. Yeah. Like, Vermont Brewers <laughs> Fest. Yeah, here, let's go to Vermont Brewers Fest together. And oh, Vermont Brewers yeah. Fest is like finished. We got a four-hour session done. Yeah, let's go to this brewery, this brewery, this right. Oh, Saturday, let's go through the whole thing. Saturday we hit fourteen breweries in one day. Around <laughs> one. So. Yeah. Well done. That's pretty solid. We just yeah. run in and have a, have a... And we drank everything on the Oh, yeah. Menu. It was finishing complete list. Like, there was no half-assed sort of thing. It's you go in and there's the, the tap list. We went through oh, everything in the tap list. We skipped things we already tapped yeah. and tapped. That helps. It helps. Not really. a day. No, yeah. really, no. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, Seriously. you're on Burlington mostly? No. No, no we went uh, yeah, kind of middle... We went down to the store. Yeah, up they to, did a Up to... What's that area? Oh, Montpellier? No, no Stowe, so Alchemist. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we, yeah, we went down to Frost. Like, Frost was mid-Saturday afternoon, and basically that was like the furthest point, so we worked our way back up. So we went out, yeah. came back to Burlington, finished the Burlington. Always. I am, I am the designated driver. I'll have a couple sips here and there. Like, I get to be picking and choosing, but yeah, there's always a driver. She paid and Yeah. So it was okay? You are okay with that? Oh yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah. I've done it every year. You still do? I still do. Soldier. Soldier. Okay, you, so... It's, the no. only downside, though, of being a designated driver is um, the shenanigans that happen in the back and on the side where, you know, you're sitting there driving, enjoying yourself, and, you know, there's a disembodied hand that's coming into your window. Yeah. Or a foot. Okay, or a foot. Or, foot. or something. Or, some or sort of someone, you know, as you're sitting in the bar or the brewery and, you know, you're having your water, someone goes to the bathroom, but in reality decides to go stick the brewery sticker in the windshield in your point of view. So you go to sit in the car and like, okay, okay. get it off. Comes <laughs> off. Yeah, sticker residue stays behind. It so that, that was the usual thanks for thanks for, for driving, for driving. Us around. Was that was that on Chris or was that? Uh, that was definitely on Chris. That was on Chris. Both Chris. of those were on Chris. It's always Chris. God damn Chris is the instigator. Yeah. Yeah. And so we and this and then uh, this winter we went out to Peche Day. Yes. I did sail in Saint Jean. Oh, he's like, yes. okay, let's yeah, go we for brunch. Too. Let's go for brunch. You go, go there for brunch? Yeah, yeah so we went there for brunch. Had, okay. had a good brunch and we, 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 had a we, lot of. We came home beer. at two o'clock the next morning because you know that's clearly how long a brunch lasts. Yeah. Okay. So why would go, you not? Go to brunch. Go to grocery store. Fill up your grocery cart full of Peche Day four packs. Yeah. 
we did the self checkout because it was four limit per person, just so right. the cashier so wouldn't look at us and be like, "Sorry, like, we, guys, over. we didn't know." Um, <laughs> and then it just kept a going. bunch of breweries there. Mm-hmm. We started Boreal, Monte uh, Blanc. I know at some point we went to Trollac. We went to Bois uh, Blanc. It just kept going. Jeez, he has a finish night at Kanawaki. Yeah, and that's where the sticker happened. Yeah, that's what sticker happened. Okay. That was beastie. Yeah. It was beastie. And we were just planning what we'd be doing in Vermont yeah. right. this year. You are going to go to Vermont this year? Yeah. yeah. In honor or just to keep, keep uh, the tradition going? Part, part that we go every year anyway, but the actual trip afterwards, which has been like the brewery tours this year, we picked South. And he suggested one night, it's like, oh, well, if you're going to go south, like, well, you know, Boston and stuff, the Trillium Treehouse is only a couple hours away, so, so it can be straight south and then the south east, and we're still going to do that. Stop nice. at Hermit Thrush, we're going to stop there, because Chris would yeah. not appreciate it otherwise. Print out a picture of him, put it in yep. a frame. Just kind of bring it with us. Bring it on the bar and leave him something. And and his beer. Him. That's what Simon said, he's been doing this every time he's at the breweries, he's mm-hmm. having a pint for me, and people, like, the, the staff didn't understand really like oh well, can I drink it like no I'll no. pour you a pint yeah. this is Christopher this goes here and it goes down the drain that's it like yeah that's all it is it's like a I don't, I don't know why I never really heard of that concept before it was something it's beautiful something about it it's, it's just super it's, cool it's, it's really touching it's, yeah. it's right there well, he's there there's something similar in um, hard alcohol and barrels or it's usually called the angel share when they're sitting and they're aging it yeah, it just evaporates into the air and it's called they call it the angel share so I guess maybe it came from that but for all I know it could be a culture tradition somewhere that you get around a table and you know you set a place setting and stuff or set a drink for someone yeah that is true it's just something about it in the beer world i think it could maybe if there's like always a place at a dinner table it could probably weigh on your mind a little bit more but there's something sort of like it's whimsical and kind of casual yet meaningful about the beer that's chris less... would really like is if we could put some sort of valve in the bomb there so yeah. it empty out slowly <laughs> And people would be like, what the hell? The beer is disappearing on its own. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. You could actually make something up. Maybe. Wherever you go and just have it then. Just Maybe. Yeah, I like that. Is there any stories you guys want to tell aside from Chris being a little a-hole and uh, stickering your windshield? <laughs> Honestly, um, the friendship with Chris, there was never any conflicts. It was, yeah. it was a great friendship. We just worked it well together and complimented each other. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of discussion, a lot of like learning, a lot of debate, because like, he's got like the, the whole engineering end of stuff. I've got like the biology end of things. So Chris, Chris could talk weird. to either of us, no problem. Right, like, yes, we talk and stuff, but it was nice to have like another person that, you know, understands both sides. So sometimes you could come up with an idea and it was like, oh, this makes sense. And there's like an outside opinion too. Right. Or sit there and figure out beer recipes or having him um, bounce ideas off what he wanted to do at the brewery and always things like that. Or even silly stuff where we were making a Russian Imperial at our place at one point. <laughs> yeah. He was over and we're getting partway through and we're looking our, our OGs kind of a little low. It's like, okay, we're going to buff this up a bit with DME. It's supposed to be eight pound of DME. Well, right. lo and behold, three pounds of DME went in. Right. And, you know, of course, there's alcohol involved in this. Yes. Naturally. Of course. You can't brew beer and not be drunk. So, you know, this, no. this monstrous Russian Imperial that we still don't actually know the final OG of because, you know, that wonderful little hydrometer? Well, it was past the shoulders on the hydrometer into the weight. So we don't know. Just a bit high. So when the thing finally fermented out, we had him back over again when we were doing the bottling. Because at least that was all. Everything else we normally keg. 
And he's always kind of pushing, like, he knows that I can't stand bread. Like, right. I have problems digesting bread. I don't want it in my house brewing because, you know, potential of infection. So, oh, we don't have bread. We should put bread in this. So we bring up bottles. And he's just kind of, like, gently blow, like, you know, no, the no, air over the bottles and stuff. I'm like, hey, enough they is do. enough. Stop. Here, do three bottles aside, fill them up. You can dose bread in these three bottles. It'll be fine. So we still now have three Russian Imperial bottles. It's actually a like a coffee Russian Imperial with bread from some small brewery somewhere in Belgium. That I don't even remember the name of. And we have a picture somewhere. Yeah, they're dosed yeah. at six drops, 10 drops, and 20 drops with the intention that we're going to open them for Christmas. Right. So they're sitting there, and we probably will still open them for Christmas. Yeah. We'll open one. Yeah. Chris would want us to open them all. No. But it's like, like you gotta let that age. Yeah. That's, that's probably a good one thing every year. It keeps it keeps it kinda going. I mean we've we've brewed both like homebrew level at home, like often with him around. Uh, we've also brewed twice at Muintel National. One of it was part of the uh, a Montrealers brew that we're supposed to film but never really did. So we still actually have that beer on tap at home. It was a smoked amber and he was trying to get uh, like mesquite smoked malt for it. Okay. Couldn't get it, so we substitute it with something else, and I've got videos and stuff of him and Mike Singer tasting them all, going, oh, it's so smoky, it's so good. And then I think it was about a month later that we had a brew at Moon with Sylvain, and I was like, oh, well, who would you invite? Of course we're going to invite Chris with us. So we ended up, we did a quad, and that's still in fermentation. Right. So it's like we have like little... So a few little fermenting memories and... uh, I kind of, I was saying to, to Polly's dad that like, I, something like bittersweet or, like about it all, that it's like he lives on through through this Here. stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's ones that he physically had a hand in, such as this one and, and maybe add all the stuff currently at Sandy Blonde, like all the batches that he did, mm-hmm. plus the homebrews, but then the recipes that he created as people keep making them that they live on. And it's like such a, there's only a very few things like art, I guess, on a beer like that, and music, mm-hmm. movies, probably yeah, like it just, it's not, they just keep going. That people can keep consuming and it keeps that memory kind of going. And it's, I'll be brewing this beer sometime in the future. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Really so yeah, no, it's fantastic. It's a fantastic beer. It's a, it's a great sort of last way to sort of it's a nice one here because he's what he was telling me about this one via email. He was super excited seeing because oh, it was, was like they super excited about yeah. blending the, the kvike with the sour blend and having this beast ferment out in like two days. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's like the fact that like there's no hops and it makes it even sort of more interesting. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a kombucha juice type of situation. Yeah. Um, still well keep because it's sour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's beautiful. Um, how would you guys, if you could sort of sum it up, how would you feel that Chris should be or could be remembered? Like, is there anything, like for people who maybe haven't didn't meet him, didn't know him, like, how would you sort just, of... I'd say like, most of all, just like charismatic, curious, and whatever he was doing, like if you were around him, it was almost infectious. Right. Like you would be sitting there, like you know, thinking of something. You're like, oh, this is a great idea. What do you think of it? And you'd automatically just gravitate, go, yeah. Even though we're not comfortable, we'll go with it because he seemed confident. Yeah. Right. He he do the most to get you involved, push your limits, even though it's something that you don't like doing. Mm-hmm. Just right. get you to do it anyways. Right. And you'd learn something along the way. And, and he had no he, fear of anything at all. He, yeah. He was about sharing like, what he knew and helping other people. And of course, like with that comes the, you know, instead of, you know, don't throw yourself into it a little bit, just throw your whole everything into it. 
and people just come along. Right. But what will you guys take from what you learned from Chris? Like, what will you think you'll probably keep doing forever? That well, I'm gonna keep growing beer. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Keep growing beer. I'll, I'll, if life permits, open a brewery, put a nice little corner in it for in his memory. To thank him for all that he did for us to teach us about beer and whatnot. Like, at our place, he had such a presence in the house where it's like, you know, you, you know, kind of like Sheldon, you have the spot on the couch and, you know, the spot's there. And I know the first week after he passed, it was it was hard to be in the house because every time I turn around was like, was something, something silly. Like, it's like, oh, this is like the last batch we had. Oh, let's the, uh, the, the Play-Doh, the Play-Doh he gave us because he said he felt guilty that we kept feeding him every time he showed up. Right. He's like, here, bought you Play-Doh. Okay. You know, sort that sort of thing where it's just, I mean, I cried over an ice pack. Right. That had gone between our houses for two weeks the summer before, just because you know you open the freezer and like, oh. yeah, it's it's a little a little less of that now, but still it's it's, it's gonna take around. a while. It'll take time. You turn around, there's always something to remind you. Yeah, like I'd even gone like you know ruffling through our recycling bin and our bottle returns to find like the last bottles that we'd actually shared on the Sunday before right because he was over at our place for sausages and like watching us pick up the pool right and sit around the campfire yeah not bad good beer no not good beer great really good beer yeah it's kind of cool I guess those things that right early on are painful but as time goes on those memories are actually it's good that you might have fought through that and, and mm. grabbed those things because in six months time you would have yeah, you, you'd regretted, regretted it, it. totally yeah. so you do that just I mean these nice keepsakes and these small like, memories you can look at and smile versus yeah I mean you still feel it I guess but you know but like now they're kind of sitting there like he's had a photo of like four of us at one of our like bigger brews and, and it's there and it's a typical like selfie of this way he does yeah all the yeah. time all the all time, time. I love it. We would have got along well. Um, guys, thank you so much awesome. for your time. Thank I really you, appreciate you guys uh, coming through. Cheers to Chris. Cheers, Chris. Cheers, Chris. Okay, so we're here with Beth, your Chris's partner. partner. Thank you for uh, coming. I'm so sorry for everything. Uh, how are you doing? How are you holding up? Hit or miss, as good as it can be. Yeah. Um, did you have anything you want to say, I guess, about... I mean, I guess you would have been through... How long were you guys together? Eight and a half years. Eight and a half? Okay, so you would have been there all through the discovery of BFA, which is what Paul was telling me about. Yeah. How we got into it. How did you feel about the... The career stuff. change. <laughs> <laughs> career well, change, I guess, is a, you know, it's a big thing. And um, yeah, well, they started brewing beer from home soon after we started dating. Within the first year, I'd say. Okay, so and then yeah, so that started. He did that for a few years. Okay. Before um, he was working at a bank while he was doing that, and he was just not happy. Soon after our first kid, he was just not happy at the at bank all. and just kind of miserable. <laughs> yeah. So he told me that he wanted to change his career to be a brewer. Okay. And it was quite the pay cut, but I supported yeah. it. <laughs> Soldier. And yeah, so yeah, okay. and it took off from there. Thank you, Sasha. Sure. Appreciate it. No, you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Chris's beer, by the way. Okay. That's what that was for. I was wondering why you yes, asked yeah. for that. Why <laughs> like, we yeah, one? Not the last time. So then he got into. I mean, were you into beer at all? No. No. I like hated beer when I first started. Um, no. And then sour beer became a thing, and then I started liking that. I liked ciders to begin with. Um, so it kind of was a bit more of a yeah. So then it's, yeah, sour kind of went into cider. Right. And yeah. 
did, did he win you over on the beer side eventually? Um, some. He didn't understand my taste, though. He would so be was, like, you'd for sure like this one because you like ci- ciders and sours. And I would taste it and I'd be like, it's disgusting. And then he's like, I don't understand like, I, you. I, I don't understand you. <laughs> I guess you would have been, like, would have been able to bring stuff home. I thought, oh, no, he's yeah. a homebrewer anyway, he, so it's different. He brewed a lot less from home when he started doing it professionally. Um, he would still do it sometimes, but sometimes he would just take kegs for Thanks work. For and bring them. Hey, hey, that's the purpose. <laughs> Saves money, right? Yeah. Um, so I guess you got to sort of see, like, I guess it would have been like his homebrew stuff all over the place, or was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah a lot everywhere. We have yeah. our food fridge next to our beer fridge that has four taps in it, and then our basement is just full of kegs, and we have two other fridges down there full of beers still. <laughs> he was aging because and stuff. That. So I guess you sort of. Now, in context of everything, does it change? I know it's sort of maybe a weird question. Does it change the, like, are you more interested? Because now it's like a piece of him? Um, I don't know. Like, I don't want to be more interested. I that, feel and that's fair. weird. Yeah, in, in beer in general? Or? Um, I don't know. It just feels weird to be drinking beer without him. Because hmm. I only ever drank it really with him. Right, it wasn't like something you ever did. That makes complete sense. Is it sort of less in a situation like this where there's it's a family thing and whatever, yeah. it's a celebration of the life? Is that make it less? It's a bit strange. less strange, but like at home, I would feel very weird drinking beer. Just, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I can imagine because there's all the associations with it. That's all there is. Like, that's it. Yeah, no, I know exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, like, is there any stories that you might have had that from? Because you would have. It's, it's really interesting speaking to all you guys and meeting you all without having met Chris. Yeah. I already found out when I was rocking up to meet him, and um, it's, it's interesting to get these like completely different perspectives from his friends and fellow brewers, cousins, father, and Simon as well, and stuff. So you would have a very unique perspective on him like yeah. you know, how he was as a person and, um, yeah well it was funny because when he met people for the first time and he was describing his beer career he would often be like oh I've been brewing beer for 10 years and I'd be calculating and I'm like we haven't been together for 10 years <laughs> and you started brewing after we met <laughs> so I'd call him out on that and he didn't like, yeah, like it snitching on me I was very much snitching on him but like I, I can't take lying so yeah, I respect so that it was, <laughs> it was just funny that, how he has no concept of time so he really probably believed that he did. Oh, right. He was, I know, it's been yeah. 10 years. Yeah. No, no, no. no. Okay. I, <laughs> uh, I, I kept hearing consistently uh, about his sort of charismatic personality, yeah. super warm, uh, always was the drawing people. Very in. much, yeah. He would yeah. always somebody liked talking he would especially if he, he had to find them interesting as well so yeah. if you started talking to them about beer and they were into it he would just he would just talk to random people and be waiting from outside with the kids waiting to leave somewhere and I'd go back in to get him he's talking to somebody like, 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 dude, for man. an hour man like, <laughs> come on so he's sort of like just always just happy to talk about his, something he's passionate about definitely would you say beer was, was beer his largest passion or was that the thing it was it yeah. proved to be the, his largest passion okay. um, it wasn't initially and kind of just, yeah I mean, he put so much time into that, more than his other passions, but he was just, as soon as he found a passion, he was... All over it. Yeah, he'd master it. Okay. Yeah. And it was... Um... Sorry, it was. Was there any other things that you could describe about the way that sort of he was, maybe as a partner or as a father as well? Yeah, um, was that different compared to sort of like yeah, other people that had sort of just like a different perspective on him? Yeah. Well, he was. Um, 
Because we have a three and a one-year-old. Okay. And uh, like with the one-year-old, he wasn't. He needed them to be more interactive, whereas like newborn babies aren't aren't super interesting, to be honest. <laughs> no, <laughs> They're just no, there. Yeah, yeah. But as soon as like our older one who's here, he's three. Um, he uh, as soon as he started playing soccer and getting the ball, first got like way more excited about being a parent and just getting excited about things that he could do with him. And he was gonna this summer they were gonna do like a soccer course together because he was also into soccer. He played when he was younger and just. Yeah, he, uh, it had to be, like, it's sports that he liked, too, so as long as he was interested, too, he was cool to do it with. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, as long as it added. But it's a family. We went to breweries together, like, he right. very much liked to, um, we used to visit breweries, and then I needed some family trips, so they often like revolved around here. <laughs> it kind of tends to be a theme with beer people. They always have to drag their partners to ridiculous places you'd never otherwise visit. No. Well, it's every vacation that we planned was like, okay, let me look up breweries around there. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Let's go to the city and go to every brewery that's around. I know the feeling. My girlfriend's the same problem. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's like a plague. We can't help. Yeah. Did you mind in the end, or was it kind of like, did you feel that you took something from it? I'm not used to it. I mean, I ended up, because he would try and find ones that had beer that I liked as well, um, at least. But he was very excited when I did start liking beer, so that was kind of a game changer, yeah. I think, for him. Right, just like, all right, cool, now we can go to more places. Eh? Yeah, but then it just, yeah, sometimes we didn't see some tourist destinations that I wanted to see because we spent a bit more time on beer, but it's okay. Right. <laughs> I'm more laid back, he likes to schedule his things. So. That kind of worked out with the personalities yeah. and stuff. How are the kids stealing? Um, well, the one-year-old would never. Um, the older one, Lex, he... Does he understand? I explained it to him what happened, and he seems just like, he doesn't really ask about him that often, but he has to see pictures every evening, so he goes for pictures, and... Because yeah, he just turned three, so it's... Do you think he understands? No. Well, I explained that daddy's broken and that he can't be fixed, so that's how it was, like, explained to him. Oh, I don't know how else, because he understands broken things, so... I never thought about having to, like, not use the actual words, like... Yeah, well, is... neither of us... I mean, I feel like if you're religious, it's easy to be like, oh, they're in heaven, but neither of us are religious, we're both kind of atheists. So to turn to religion as, like, an excuse of how to explain something, we didn't, I didn't want to do that. It goes that. against sort of what yeah. you believe. I'm with you on that. Okay. So, so I guess... Like, yeah. That's what works for... I think it works. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know. I guess no you'll see as a, Right, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, does it help with saying so I, I feel like for some of the other guys, it's something about when you have something that lasts beyond you, a product that can be replicated, then maybe, yes, he made this batch, but the next one that they do is still his recipe and yeah. everything is saying one and then I'm sure he's made tweaks to the Twi Brasseur stuff plus the home brews and then um, Mike and Tara just tell me about the millions of things they've got going on at their place oh, yeah. that he had had a hand in does that help being that there's something that from your perspective because I think it's a question I've sort of asked everybody but I feel like for you it's a little unique again like does it even though you don't really love it or care yeah. or whatever does it is it kind of more like hey man like i'm watching these guys out on the patio look how many people have that bit right now like does that do anything for you does that help it's, does it it's kind of cool that people are drinking his beer but i mean he lives on in my kids for me more than anything i think right so it's not like a i know that it's for you clearly there's more important things than got that beer but <laughs> it's more like does it sort of give you some sort of like like a uh, culture. Um, 
or, or not even? Not, I haven't thought about it really that much. I mean, that. I mean, a month, right? No, for Sacred Blow, at least all the recipes I think are his. Yeah, that's what they told me, yeah. Um, well, blah, so not really, since I think they had more set recipes, so he couldn't really. Oh, because it was the change. Yeah, yeah that's so he couldn't really um, express his um, creativity. creativity yeah, yeah. yeah, but that's so. Sing Blow is good for him for that, but yeah. he definitely grew out of that place. He's yeah. ready to open his own. Yeah, no, it's that's what Paul was saying that he was like really working on the plan and stuff. How did you feel about him moving into that type of stuff? Was that sort of like, were you supportive? Of I was very supportive. It was more the money that stressed me out. I was like, we don't have money for this, yeah. but. Uh, it's not cheap to do things like that, yeah. That's it. But uh, I knew that he would do it. He could do it. I'm sure he would have figured it out so it wouldn't have affected the family and stuff. No, I don't right? think I would have been So So would that have been something that you would have been involved in? as a partner would you like maybe not in the BSI but in yeah. the part of the business like, do you have any Probably. skill sets in that well I've well I've worked as a waitress in the past but I I work in hotels now but yeah I have like customer service experience so I probably would have been good at, you like, know, a good face serve, yeah oh, like, you mean like because usually like the, the owner like even if it's one part like usually the dude's the brewer these days so like if he's that like I don't know like I feel like you've just been like that person like sort of like a you got the warm sort of like you make someone feel welcome I'll come take somebody yeah. and, like get someone to get the stuff and just kind of you know I'm sure you would have had a nice little I would have definitely yeah if I needed that. to spend my time with that I would have definitely done that yeah, would you sense. have worked with him on building it and stuff or would you sort of be his project so. and you would have kept doing it well it would definitely all be like he'd probably ask my input for ideas but he was he had really like constructed the brewery at St. Hublot to be his liking because he changed right. everything okay. in it and uh, so I would trust his opinion on doing that himself since I don't have experience exactly. with that he would understand yeah. Yeah, yeah like do your thing right? yeah do, would you like like in, uh, what do you call it, interior design and stuff like that is that like uh, anything um, you're interested in I like it we're probably both it's not either of our strong suits I don't think but we probably would have done something together I would think <laughs> it was kind of cool to work with uh, with the partner if you're like he's got the passion that's there and like if it's something that supports you both I mean would save you unless you love your career but if you're just like oh whatever we've got this thing we're building like well, especially if it took up a lot of his time I'd want to kind of be there to actually spend time with him because I feel like it would have taken over his life him, yeah. so I'm like to spend the, time with you yeah. I should join you yeah. <laughs> just hang out there because it's yeah. kind of cool for the kids to be around and see this thing as well yeah. and up. so it's, it does it's a, it's a huge loss from what everyone's saying it's uh, you know, he had a very very strong impact on his friends and colleagues and stuff like that I mean yeah. so it's did it surprise you Paul was saying that he was surprised at how many people showed up for the funeral I don't think it surprised like I knew you that you kind of knew all yeah, maybe because your father was different from you were like oh yeah I know everyone loves him like, yeah he so knows a lot of people and just his impact on a lot of people exactly. and especially being a president of the beer club where a lot there's of them like hundreds of members and stuff that's yeah. it yeah okay if there's anything that how would you want people to remember him like is there anything? I don't know. He was just such a passionate person, and just I don't know. He wouldn't let anything stop him from doing what he wanted to do. Yeah. You know. That. That's all. That's amazing. Beth, thank you so much for your time. It's so nice oh, to meet you. I'm so, so sorry. You're super strong. Everyone is. You guys are all incredibly strong. Being here, it's been such a short amount of time, and you guys were here like a week or whatever afterwards. Yeah. At a launch, talking to the public, like I couldn't even imagine. You have to keep distracted. Yeah, I guess you got it right. You got it. I'm so sorry again. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it.
excited. I'm Craig, I'm sorry, what was your name? Alexandra. Alexandra, pleasure to meet you. You're you Christopher's too. mother. Yes, I am. You are indeed. Um, just had a chat with pretty much the family, so I feel like over this last little bit, I got a very strong picture of who he was mm. from all different angles. Do you have anything specific? Like, how, how you know, you being his mother, you would have had a nice sort of, uh, a, a very unique perspective as well. I can say in the last, I guess, since he moved out, which was in his 20s, that he's, he enjoyed egging me on about everything. Yeah. I guess that's what boys do towards their moms. I can see that. You know, yep. they no longer have time for their moms because they're busy finding out who they are or what they want to do in life. But he always did it in this, like, no, I'm not coming, mom, and then show up at the door. <laughs> You know, right. or no, I don't have time for you. And then, you know, walk in and uh, give me a hug. Right. And I try and hold on to him and he would say, okay, now you're embarrassing me. <laughs> okay. That's like a little bit like, too long. Relax. of a Yeah. Like too long of a hug mom. Okay. <laughs> but I can say like, since very young, he was always independent, creative as hell. You know, I mean, I've known him, I guess, as long as Anyone his father, yes, yes. you know, 34 years. So creative, passionate about anything he did, but also got bored very easily, okay. you know? So if he tried something and he found out it wasn't his thing or it wasn't what he wanted to do, he would just move on. And there was nobody, nothing you can say, say, you need to finish this, Christopher. You started it, finish it. No, because if he discovered that wasn't what would hold his interest, he would just move on. And as a parent, that's not what you want, yet he was on his own path and really didn't care as long as he found what he was passionate about. Through this process, what we've discovered is I knew he loved beer and he, lo he finally had found out what he wanted to do. But hearing his friends talk about how involved he was, was something new to me right and I'm so happy that he had finally found what he wanted to do but very sad that he couldn't show us how yeah. great he would have been did you get to um, let it be okay I mean you no, know he no, would no. have been great yeah I know he I, I would think have. he was great already yeah he, he had vision I mean some of the mixtures I'm hearing some of the ideas he had yeah. Unbelievable. Like, he really found what he wanted to do and he was happy. And he was finally going to get there, that he was going to have his own place and not having accomplished that. You know, I just hope he's making beer somewhere else, you know? So that's the sad part. The yes. sad part for me Tragedy. as a mother, yeah. that yes, we have so many memories to hang on to. We spend an awful lot of time with our kids, trips we took, you know, amazing trips that we took with the whole family. As recent as him coming down with the family to Aruba, you know, in this uh, spring. But, you know, to see his own personal accomplishments, I'm not gonna be able to see that. You know, and that's very sad. It should never happen. It's not meant to be like this. Does it Does it give you any, I, was, I asked everyone else, does it give you any comfort, and I know it would be a small comfort, that he lives on through through the beer, through um, other people being able to, I mean, there's a whole bunch of people right now drinking something that he made. 
I know. Does that make you? I know it's like. Give me some comfort, you mean? Yeah. Is it small and maybe insignificant? But it's it's not insignificant because it's something he loved. Right. So it's definitely not insignificant. The right. fact that this is probably, and I'm being honest now, the first beer you've had from him that I've liked. Oh, really? I'm not joking because I, I don't like IPAs, and he made a lot of IPAs. And he made a lot of dark beers, and he made with bourbon and all kinds of stuff. And I would take a sip. He says, "I know, mom, you're the you're a wine drinker, but try." So I would take a sip, and oh no, can't do it. You know, it was always too bitter for me. You know, the hops. You know, I just couldn't do it. This one, when we came here, when they first yeah, invited think, us, yeah, yeah. and they said, you know, this is made with rice, and you know, try it. And I took a sip and I said, oh my God, Christopher, finally, and you won't even know that I actually like it. So I hope he does know. It's a beer that I've been able to drink and enjoy. So yeah. Simon was saying that they're going to make it again. Yeah. And they're considering canning it as well next year. I'm glad that they have the recipe. Yeah, right? I mean, that's... I mean, that is a big thing. I asked asked today. I said, do you have the recipe? Like that they wrote down, they hand wrote down? Oh yeah, they they do handwrite stuff, I think. They do have the recipe. Yeah. So I'm very happy about that because they can make it again. Yes. Because I asked, I said, well, if we want to hold an event, can we, does somebody know how to make the exact same beer? And they said, they do have the recipe. Yeah, yeah, they do that. And Mike said he has it as well. Yeah. And he's going to make it at home. Yeah. So there'll be... So I'm excited about that, versions. that it will live on. Live on. Does that, yeah, that, that's what is kind of cool about something like when people make art like that, like music, movies, uh, something like beer, whatever, that it, it's continues on. Even though his hands might not have made this one, well, they did. But they even did. This the, one, yes. This but... one, yes. But the next one, no. But his sort of heart and soul went into yeah. that, creating that beer so that I don't know it's, it's I think it's a small comfort like you said your eyes are not insignificant because it's his passion but it's a small comfort for someone that like, doesn't make up for anything but it's sort of like yeah. a, I don't know I've lost people before I, 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 I was you look he had 34 years to prove, to leave his mark I guess that's how you put it he has touched a lot of people I know that just from the stories I heard yeah. from people I had never met which 90% of the people that came I had never met so right. the stories that they shared I know that he's touched not about beer only just in life he had touched a lot of people so you always say okay we go through life you want to people to remember you in a special way or that you touch some people in special ways. What's his legacy? Yeah. You know, like he had such a short time to actually to create that. To create yeah. that, but yet he did. Did. Yet he did. You know, in a very short period of time. I'm very proud of him for that. Yeah. Extremely oh, proud. Cool. I mean, along with his family as well. He's got these, you know, young young kids who get deprived of a, a father. But I mean, I'm sure they'll look like him. Well, I'm trying trying to hang on to every piece of information and put it in a box for them. And when they're oh, yeah. old enough, they could say, look, this is daddy. Yeah. Look, he was a member of this, or look what he did. So I'm, That's it helps me idea. to do yeah. that. So I'm doing that for them, but they're too young now. So, I mean, eventually. I was asking about how they're coping. You said the one-year-old has no clue, and the three-year-old doesn't sort of get it. Not much. But I guess they don't really have that concept yet. No, so it's not sort yet. Of, um, tough one. Yeah, it's a tough age to, to Really yeah. tough age to, I mean, I'm sure you know. 
give them a couple of years yeah. and probably start asking questions yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But, and as well as it's been such a short time, it's only a few weeks, right? Like, it's hard to believe it's only been yeah, a few weeks. It's like yeah. it's happened probably forever. Probably feels like forever, right? Yeah. Has it been for you guys like the last few weeks? Has it been like kind of We've We've spent or? a lot of time with Beth and the children course, because yeah. especially the grandchildren is like our link, is part of him, right? I mean, the DNA is there, yeah. you know? So we try and hold on to them, try and hold on to a strong relationship with Beth yeah. moving forward. Uh, he does have a brother. Yes, he's in uh, Who's Iraq. in Iraq, so that's tough for us not having him here for support. But I didn't want to hold him back either. That's his career. That's his, that's his thing. That's his thing. So yeah. you got to let them do what they want to do. Yeah. So, yeah, you have your moments. But I know that, uh, you know, life will not be the same. It'll be Never. different. The, yeah. the new normal. The new normal. Be, that's what it is. The, new, the normal. new normal will be completely different. Like I said, for friends, I've lost friends. I've lost a sister uh, to cancer. I've lost parents. And it's different. This I is mean, harder? Eh? This is harder? This is a, like a, a thousand times harder because it's your child. I mean, parents, you expect at certain time they're going to... You know, my parents were both in the 80s. Yes, I feel the loss, but I had them all my life. I mean, I had them for a good part. They lived a good life. My sister, unfortunately, she was only 45. You know, she suffered, and that was not pleasant to see. But she was a sibling. But losing a child, there's no... I can't even compare to my other losses. You know, and I know that Beth uh, will have a very difficult time. But eventually, with time, friends, the same thing. I know they're going to have a difficult time, but eventually they'll look back and we had this great friend, Christopher. He did awesome things. A parent. I don't know if you have children, but a parent. There's no way you can ever get over it. You won't get over it. It'll be a new normal, you know? Yeah, I think that's the only way to look at it's it. It's a new normal. That's the only thing I'm looking for. That moment, I don't know when, how far in the distance that I'm going to say, okay, this is going to be my new normal from now on. That I could still sort of go through life or enjoy life to a certain degree with my grandchildren, with my other son. But there's going to be that missing piece. Always. Always. Always, yeah. Always. Like but I'm very proud. I was very proud of him. I mean, you know, even more so now that I've heard all the stories. Yeah, it's kind of cooler, right? You I mean, know, it's like incredible. You know, when when uh, we had the uh, receiving at the funeral home, like I said, 90% of the people I didn't even know. So every person that came up to me, I said, "Tell me your name. How did you know Christopher? And tell me a story." Cool. And the line took so long because of <laughs> that. I was like, okay, so what happened? <laughs> but I didn't care. I said, I don't care, people. You know, we're here for three hours, so yeah, I want to know how this person. And I'm telling and what you, motivated them to come. Yeah, to that day, like, you have how to, did you know my son? And how did you, you know, like, tell me a story? You, you wouldn't be there if you didn't do something. If people you didn't came life, from right? like five, they knew him five years ago and hadn't seen him for five years. Right. And we're telling me a story about how he impacted their life so to me that was like therapeutic to say the least and the fact that wow 
Christopher, how come I didn't know all this? How come I wasn't a part of this? You know? Yeah, it's kind of like, I guess, like you said, it's sort of, it's a career, but it's also like, I started as the hobby, and it's kind of just one of those things you just don't really involve your parents in. No. So I can absolutely understand that, like, my, my I haven't had any close losses, like, I'm quite lucky. My father died a few years ago, and I'm from Australia, so the distance was hard, but going back and then hearing stories about him from other parts of his life from his friends was was very helpful and like I, I, I it is I, I really in the same way what you're saying it's not the same but I, I relate very much to that it made me feel like okay like all right all these people really cared and like I didn't know about them. this is crazy yeah and I, I have the same um, so I, 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 and I, I guess it's even yeah probably more it's, it's have a comforting but also very sad and hurtful because yeah. you weren't there you weren't a part of all that yeah. you know so I mean when I say oh, not I a part yeah. of it I mean like, it's comforting yeah he touched so many people but you know how come I wasn't as involved in the whole beer thing. I know my husband was you know his dad he went he went I mean I also work not in Montreal I work in Aruba so I mean going back and forth I wasn't here as often to, to do all these things so I was away also a good part of uh, you know the time so yeah and I don't drink beer <laughs> which seems like a common thread so you know that was the other thing I mean if he was going to share a beer it was with dad you know? yeah that's true and I guess he's like, you're not drinking, what are you going to do? But you know, I think we sort of prepped him for this. I'll tell you why. My dad used to make his own wine. And Christopher, when he was little, he would help right. his grandfather. He watched. When he got to be 21, we took a few trips to Napa with him. Took him on wine tours. And we enjoyed a lot of good bottles of wine with Christopher. But I think somewhere along the line, he discovered wine takes right. too long Okay, before you read. Right. Yeah, it could be like literally five years. Exactly. Years so he says, I got to find something that's ready. Two weeks. In right. two weeks, and I can enjoy it. <laughs> so like he got papers. into beer making. I can guarantee like you his like, mind worked it out. It's like it's much, yeah, because it sounds like he was an engineer beforehand or whatever, right? Like oh, he was I'm telling IT you. Stuff, so yeah, I mean, right. analytical, you know, and creative at the same time. So I bet you this is how he got into that. He says, like I that. need to find something that I can enjoy in a much shorter time. <laughs> Make it at home. It's cleaner, That's easier, it. That's cheaper. It. <laughs> no, I love it. If there's, is there anything that you would, how would you like Chris to be remembered? Like for people who may or may not have known him, like how would you? I would say I think people are remembering him the way he was. He was very passionate. Yeah. He was driven all the time. Like I know that. He was very caring. I mean, I didn't hear one story that he ever was like acted superior to anybody that he knew more he always wanted to help people and I think that truly was him so he was a very caring individual who finally found his passion and made a fantastic beer that his mom likes right. he got and, there in the end you know and I hope uh, he lives on in his children I mean you know I want that would be comforting to me yeah. to see them smile the way he smiles to make a little joke the way he used to yeah. you know to have some of his sure uh, yeah, mannerisms you know that that's what you want to see you know? guaranteed I guess yeah, yeah you know and uh, I hope I don't know I mean he didn't believe but I hope he's somewhere you know uh, 
maybe in a living thing or his spirit is somewhere all around us and he's watching down. Yeah, I feel like that's sort of usually how it goes. You know, it's hard to know what to believe these days, you know, but you have to believe what brings you comfort, right? Whatever works. Whatever Whatever works for you and brings you comfort. To me, you know, if that's what brings me comfort, that's great. If it's for something else, for somebody else, I mean, yeah. No. I want him to live on. I know he's going to live on in my heart, but... You know. Yeah, well, clearly with through a lot of people. Yeah. And yeah. everyone who's maybe whether they know well, or not. Well, I don't think it's only the stuff. beer. I want them to be not oh, no, just more a, than that, but you know, something that's yeah. I know this is like more can be enjoyed and people. Yeah, this is something that can be enjoyed and is a part of him. So yes, yeah. it's important. And he's touching people, but they don't even know. It. Yeah, that's, oh, that's true too. I mean, I, something about that's why, like, if you think of music and people passing and people listening to that, like, you can listen to stuff from people who passed a long time ago, and it still moves people now. And it'd be nice, you know, like I've seen, like, uh, going through. Uh, whenever we travel, we always try and pick up beers for Christopher. So we read, we read the labels. Oh, you think Christopher will like this one? You know, like we always try and find different ones because we travel a lot. It would be nice if ever it gets to that stage that they bottle this or can oh, it or whatever. It yeah, yeah. be nice to have a little story about him on it so they know where yeah. where it came from, like yeah. how it yeah, was how created, it how the name even came about, you yeah. know? Something that cooler. only they know, yeah. you know? Like something about him that... Uh, so when people read it, oh, look, you know? That's how this that's beer... Yeah, something like that I yeah. think would be really cool because a lot of companies do that. They put a bit of history of how the name was created or yeah. how the beer was developed. They do that on their cans here yeah. as well. So there is definitely. So it's kind of uh, cool. It's very cool, and that means yeah. going to be more people can try it because it'll be in stores. And yeah, it's something something, right? something to look forward to. It's like your uh, not eternal. What's that? Your morale. What's it called? Uh, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, I know exactly. Like you, you mean, I, I can't think of the word yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that you live on in a certain way in yeah. something. You know whether it's music, like you said, or a beer in this a case. A beer is what it is, and like, I'm sure like, if, if you had this, you know, he would be satisfied to be living on through something that he really cared about. Yeah. You know, I guess. I said when I got. drank the beer, I said he's probably watching me. Yeah. He's and like, he's saying, "Well, it's about finally. time." <laughs> and this is his beer, by the way. You know what I mean? That's Christmas beer. There you go. Here, cheers. But cheers, Here, cheers, Chris. And thank you so much. You guys are such a strong family, and uh, so thank you all for Thanks taking for the time. Thanks for not making me break down. <laughs> no, no problem. It was, it was just so interesting to talk to you all. And um, well, just thank get, you like, for coming and for actually doing this. I know you were supposed to interview him, but that you yes. actually went ahead and still did something for him. I felt like it. Was I feel right. uh, I'm very happy. I'm glad and grateful. Oh, grateful pleasure. because it's something I'm going to cherish. So that's what I kind of thought. I thought it would be something of value, even if it's not to the greater public like maybe the other stuff but it's sort of means something to you guys and to he's got a lot of friends in the industry who might never have heard these stories before that's true and now we've had all these people close to him and all kind of like around that been able to tell it and it'll live on forever digitally and um, I want to get some photos from you guys so we can post them on when we share it on the Instagram okay. so we all got a picture We've of the got beer. We've got tons of like them with beer. Photo, and just a couple of photos would be nice from, from you guys so I can make sure when we post it. No so we just really uh, you know, let people know that there was a good man. You need your contact info. Yes, I'm going to trade that with you guys afterwards. So. I mean, I know that uh, Mike has it, but just for the family, no, for us to know. No, please. And then I'll send you everything. Because I feel like already exactly. a connect. You know, it's, it's yeah, strange. It's everybody cool. I met, like you feel a connection because now you've talked about your son. 
you try to get yeah. the person to know who he is. So and you, how it all came about. Yeah, it's, it's so a, you do get that connection with people that you never would have met before. You right. Know, so. so I mean, uh, something once again beautiful slash bittersweet in, yeah. in, in all of that. Yeah. So Thanks. thank you so much for your time. No, thank I really you. Really appreciate it. All right, guys. So uh, that ends the uh, episode in celebration of the life of Christopher Needleman. Um, once again, thank you to all his uh, friends and family for taking the time to chat with us. You know, it was tough at times, a bit emotional, um, but. You know, it was really interesting to learn about someone as well from my perspective. I've never met him, probably for a lot of you guys who never got to meet him, to sort of hear about the life of uh, someone who's impacted so many people. So, um, is there anything else? Do you want to add anything else? You good? Um, so, once again, thank you to Simon and the Spass Public for having us. Uh, guys, if you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up, hit subscribe below, hit the notification bell, uh, follow us on social media at BOS Podcast, check out the long form audio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of that. Um, thank you. We'll see you in the next episode. Rest in peace, Chris. Cheers.